Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of Own the Road with Auto Trader, where we make car stuff simple for Canadians. My name is Jody Lai, and I'm Auto Trader's editor in chief. And I am Auto Trader's road test editor, Dan Alika. And what are we talking about today, Dan? Uh, demystifying EV range. That's exactly correct. Uh, so, good guess. Yeah, it's like you were prepared for this or something. Um, so EV range, I feel like, is something that is really misunderstood by a lot of people. Um, and it might be holding a lot of people back from making that switch. And I know, like, not everybody is ready for an EV yet. And that's totally understandable. Um, but we think that there's so much... Um, misinformation out there about EV range and we kind of want to demystify it for you um, just to make it a little bit less scary because you know Dan and I were once new to EVs and we used to also experience a lot of anxiety with range and even now after having so much experience driving EVs we still get scared from time to time right because you did that big test not too long yeah. ago. yeah that's the thing is like I have a hard time with it because I still think it's fair and relevant for people to be fearful. I think EVs are imperfect, but they're also the best solution we have at the moment. And all the eggs are in that basket anyway. Exactly. <laughs> so you can't so, really go back. And it's kind of whether you like it or not, that's just the way the industry What do is I going. always say? You people who say I won't buy an EV, I'm like yeah, you will, because you're not going to have a choice. You're eventually. not going to have a choice, especially because um, back in December, the Canadian government released their EV mandates for the next like decade or so, right? And so basically, they said that by uh, 2026, they're aiming that at least 20% of new vehicles sold will be EVs. Now, I mean, we could, I do think we need to demystify even this stuff, right? Is that these are targets, these aren't necessarily you know mandates in terms of like the industry must meet these like if you take a look at quebec for example it has a zero emission vehicle mandate where automakers must sell a certain percentage of zero emission vehicles uh otherwise they they will pay penalties those are mandates in the sense that if if they don't sell those vehicles they are penalized and it's like millions of dollars these federal you know, mandates are targets. So the federal government wants to see, you know, these percentages reached on these timelines. But at least as of right now, there are no ramifications. And that is a problem because the auto, I mean, business in general, but the auto industry in particular, unless you hold automakers, you know, collective feet to the fire, they will drag them yeah. until the bitter end. So it is so, in my opinion, it is the most you know, toothless, like it's very real. Climate change is real. Absolutely. We need to reduce emissions, but the government is taking this very toothless approach of like, well, we hope that we're going to sell this many vehicles by this time. Yeah. And it's like, no, you need to tell the auto industry, this is what's happening. You need to do it. Otherwise we're just, yeah. the change is never going to happen. And this is what will happen if you don't do it. Like yes, I do think exactly. that accountability is very important. Like even for myself, if I don't give myself a hard deadline to complete certain tasks by. Like your reviews. I'm very timely with my car reviews. Thank because you, very you much. set deadlines for exactly. yourself. And so I need those hard deadlines or else I'm just going to sit there on the, on those car reviews and do nothing. Um, so Anyway, yeah, and, and, and so the mandates say that by 2035, they're hoping that 100% of 
vehicle sales, new vehicle sales will be EVs. I think that is very ambitious. I don't know how successful that's going to be. As of right now, I don't think our infrastructure is good enough no, it's to support that at all. So there's a lot of work to be done to get there. Yes, and we can demystify that as well. Again, even that target of 100%, as Jody mentioned, that is new vehicle sales. So it's not as if the government is going to scrap every vehicle that's you know parked in driveways across the country in 2035. No, you will still be able to buy used vehicles. It's just that the target is that automakers will no longer be able to sell new gas-powered passenger vehicles. So we're talking about the, the cars, trucks, and SUVs that you are going to buy, F-150s, Civics, CRVs, all of that stuff. Um, the goal is for those to be zero emissions, but you are spot on. The infrastructure in this country is horrendous. We don't have enough. And yes, the government has, you know, set up plans and programs to incentivize people both to install home chargers and to provide rebates for companies that install chargers. But there's not been very much info about those. No. And once again, it's just one more reason I think that people and companies are going to be slow to adopt because they don't no, there's a lack of education and awareness. And that's why we're here. Exactly. Um, and so explaining and demystifying EVs is something we do a lot. You know, people always ask us about EVs. Um, and we love hearing your questions about them. So if you have any questions about EVs or anything like that, please email expert at trader.ca. Um, we'll try to help you out. Zero judgment. You know, like I said, Dan and I were once new to EVs. Um, but through our years of reviewing different EVs, driving them in different conditions, um, and we both live in buildings that don't have charging. And so we have to both rely on the public charging infrastructure, which gets us really grumpy oh because God. it's not very good. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, yeah, and that's, the, that's another problem with it, right, is that EVs... Look, I'm not trying to, you know, for, for those of you listening out there, I'm not a sky is falling kind of guy when it comes to electrification. But it is a problem when, you know, the, the let's say the main target of the earliest target um, buyers are, you know, urban dwellers, most of whom live in buildings. Mm -hmm. And this has been coming down the pipeline for years. But again, just like automakers being slow to move, you know, these massive construction companies are the same way. These developers are not just going to do it out of, you know, the goods of their hearts, install EV chargers. But now you have all these condos that are still going up that have zero EV infrastructure. Yeah, some of them do have it. Or they have like a, like literally a smattering of yeah, spots. Yeah, there's like, let's say a thousand units and there's like three chargers. It That's just, clearly not enough. It just blows my mind, right? It's like, it's that pass the buck, it's someone else's problem, but it's like, well, okay, you look at Toronto, right? You look at Liberty Village, you used to live there. It's nothing but condos. Mm -hmm. Even though it's very pedestrian friendly, I would say. Um, it's not very transit friendly. People have to leave, you know, to, to walk down to King Street or whatever, mm -hmm. walk up to Queen to get on the streetcar. But it's a pedestrian friendly zone, but people still drive there like crazy. So many people own cars and there's nowhere to charge. None of these buildings have chargers in 
the spots None. in their undergrounds. Yeah. And it's like, what good is that doing? And that's the main thing that's like personally holding me back from getting an EV is because I don't have a place to charge at home. It yeah. becomes very inconvenient because that means you have to carve out like an hour in your schedule once. And because I drive so much, I would literally have to charge my car once a week. And I don't have time to sit there at a public charger for about an hour. Um, and it's just, I don't like the experience. It's not convenient. Sometimes the public chargers aren't working. Sometimes they're not fast enough. Um, it's just not a fun experience. I showed up last week. Will and I were shooting the Kia Soul EV. And I showed up at this Petro Canada charger that is pretty reliable. It's the one in Milton, just off the 401. It's, it's pretty reliable. And I showed up. All of them were out of service. <sighs> That's that so annoying. Was, and that was a new one for me. I've been to chargers before where there's one or two stations that are down. This was the entire band. Now, granted, there's only, I think it's like four. Char but still, the fact that I couldn't, because I wanted to hook up to a DC fast charger. I couldn't even get on a level two. Not that that would do me any good. I couldn't sit there for six <laughs> hours, you know. But, but again, that's the problem with this. Now, Petro Canada to its credit, has been sort of ahead of the game when it comes to these gas stations, mm -hmm. you know, getting on board with electrification. Um, the Canadian Tire gas stations are doing the same, but still, again, it's not good. It's not yeah, <laughs> so where we need to be headed. If you can charge at home, an EV is almost a no-brainer. It's like a very easy choice because it's very convenient. You plug it in when you go to bed, you wake up, you're at 100%, you're good to go. Um, but the reason why I wanted to do this episode is because recently I was driving a Genesis, uh, G80 EV. Um, what a hilarious car that no, like no one Genesis, will buy it. And Genesis it's great, didn't though. tell anyone about it. I know. It just arrived. And it is a great car, which is a shame because, you know, it's not in a popular body style. No. And so I worry that it's not going to be very popular, you, but it is great. Wait, can we just remember how ahead of the game you were on that, that you went to the, you went to Hyundai's headquarters in Markham to like return a car. <laughs> and then you saw it in like the camo and you were like, what the heck? I was really excited about it actually, because at that point they haven't even announced that there was gonna be a, an electric G80. But then it arrived on the market with no- It was very quiet. Fanfare. Yeah. And then I remember talking to someone at Genesis and they're like, oh yeah, no, it, we, it went on the market about six months ago. And I'm like, you didn't even tell me. And, I, <laughs> and I'm an auto journalist, yeah. you would think like, but anyways. But anyway, I was driving that car um, and then w my boyfriend was in the passenger seat and then he randomly said, oh, do you want me to plug in your phone? And I was like, why? My phone's fully charged. And he's like, oh, it says it only has 25%. I'm like, oh no, that's the, that's the car's battery. And then he like kind of panicked about it and he was like, are we gonna make it home? And I was really relaxed. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, that means it has, you know, about 125 kilometers. We're about 30 kilometers away from home. Like, we'll be totally fine. And I was very relaxed and he was like scared. But I get that. I totally understand that. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of people are used to like, you know, cell phones or iPads being at 25% and then just instantly dying. Well, it's also like that hilarious, you know, I've said before um, that we need to change you know, the way we look at vehicles and driving 100%. when it comes to electrification. But when you think about it, even now, right? You drive along the 401, it's wintertime. There are signs that say, you know, like, be winter prepared. Make sure, you know, to keep your fuel tank topped up. And that's because, you know, if there's an emergency, you know, you want to make sure that you have lots of gas. Well, when it comes to electrification, 
those same warnings can exist, but we've programmed our brains to think, hey, it's winter, I shouldn't have less than half a tank of gas. Well, you're guaranteed in an EV to drive with less than 50% charge. That's just going, it's going to yeah. happen, right? And so again, we, we have to change the way that we look at vehicles and the way we look at driving when it comes to EVs, even when it comes to those, you know, preparedness tips, because they're, they just can't apply. Yeah, and that's true. And the thing is with EVs is that there are certain safeguards that are built into those vehicles. So it won't just die on you like a phone would or like an iPad would. Except ask my neighbor whose Tesla just died on them. It happens from time to time, but it is extremely hard for it to get to that point where your car literally just turns into a brick. Yes. Um, so that's, that's kind of the first thing that I wanted to demystify is that EV cars don't really act like the tech we're used to that is powered by batteries like our cell phones and such. But also, keep it, it's not that there's a finite amount of range or an infinite amount of range. Like there's a fi like if you get to 100%, yes there are or 0%, yes there are safeguards to keep it from, you know, like essentially corrupting the the battery, but it still won't drive. You know, that's that I think is the problem. Forget, you know, getting to that 0% it's like what happens once you're there, right? You're it's not like you can walk. There was a guy I saw yesterday. His car or two days ago his car died. He walked up the street to get some gas. Came like a back jerry with can. a with a jerry can, yeah. right? What's that? I said it before. You can't walk back with a bucket of electrons <laughs> and just, you know, dump them in. Like that's the reality of EVs. Yeah, and it it if it gets to that point it is rather inconvenient because you would have to get your car flat bedded um, to a charging station so that you could sit there and wait for it to charge. But despite all of that, I still think that there's a lot of just misunderstanding about EVs. And so like that's what we're going to try to kind of demystify today. Like there are clearly pros and cons to having an EV. That's not what really what we're here to demystify. We yeah. want to talk about range because we know that that's like probably the most scary thing for a lot of Canadians who are kind of on the fence about making the switch. And so because we've both driven so many EVs and um, we've kind of learned to deal with that anxiety. And so we kind of want to share what we've learned um, just so, you know, you won't be so scared if you're thinking about making the jump. I think uh, one thing I can share that's, you know, kind of an obvious one, but but only obvious to people with EV experience is that they do operate differently than, inherently differently than gas-powered vehicles. So generally speaking, a gas-powered vehicle, you know, burns less fuel on the highway than it does in the city. And with EVs, it's the complete opposite. Uh, generally, it has to do with, you know, the, the way that they slip through the air. Yes, they're designed to have low coefficient of drag and all that, but there's just, it takes, it takes more energy to keep it moving at a constant rate. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, when you add in that, you know, wind resistance and all that, like, it just, it is more... Yeah you know, it's, it's going to consume more. And on the highway, you're not really using your regenerative braking as much as you yeah. would in the city. So that's another thing to keep in mind is that... Yeah, that stop and go traffic yeah. is just going to top up the battery a little bit here and there. It's incremental, but it does add up. Every time you slow down, if you're, you know, just like feathering the throttle to come to a stop, it's going to spin that electric motor in reverse. It's going to put that kinetic energy that you would lose otherwise into the battery pack. So... It's not, you're not going to see it, you know, jump 
up. Like, let's say the drive to work normally burns 10%. It's not like you're going to arrive at work having burned nothing with regenerative braking engaged, but it'll keep that couple percent that you would have lost otherwise yeah. in the battery, and that does add up over time. I mean, time. some EVs that I've driven will show you in kilometers how much battery or you how much battery you've recouped by coasting. So if I lift my foot off the throttle um, at the beginning of like an, an off ramp for a highway and I coast to a stop at the stoplight, I'll get back like one and a half, two kilometers maybe. So it's small, but it does add up oh, over time. We can also demystify that because something I see and hear a lot is people talk about the regenerative brakes. They're not the mechanical brakes. You're not using the mechanical brakes at all. It's regenerative braking it literally is using the electric motors to bring the vehicle to a stop. Um, so it has nothing to do with your brakes. It's also one of those things that you do need to be mindful of, that if you're using one pedal driving so much that you might have to get your brakes serviced or replaced from lack of use, like your mechanical brakes, because you can, a lot of EVs out there, you can drive them with only ever using the mechanical brakes to like shift in and out of park and reverse and stuff yeah. like that. Well, if that's the case, you're you're never going to, you know, brakes have that kind of like, you know, you see after it rains, they get a little bit of rust build up and all that. Because the way that they work, it, you know, it's going to go ahead and, and rub the brake pads on the face of those discs. So it slowly is going to like burn off that rust or, or, or rub off that rust. But if you're not doing that... Um, yeah, regenerative braking can lead to... So you should use your, your mechanical brakes every once in a while in your EV. Definitely. That is good advice. Um, and so just, just stepping back a bit, when, when, car, when car manufacturers state a range, it's always an estimated range. And that's the same thing when they, when they um, talk about fuel economy. It's estimated under ideal yeah, conditions, and it's always going to be different depending on your driving style, what you're using your EV for, the temperature outside, your wheel But size. let's be real, right? I agree with you wholeheartedly, but let's be real. The accuracy of fuel economy numbers, assuming you're not, you know, stomping the gas pedal between every stoplight and just driving like a complete maniac, you can get pretty close. Yeah. Even on a super cold day, with winter tires, if your car is rated for, I don't know, 8.7 liters per hundred, it's like you're going to get something in the nines as a kind of worst case scenario yeah. in the winter time. In an EV, you can lose 25, 30, 40% of the range. And that again is troubling because it's, it's, that is really an estimate. Whereas fuel economy is like, it's very scientific. That's a, that's a good point. And so how automakers are responding to that is that these days, a lot of EVs will now give you range estimates based on your past driving behavior so that what you see is a lot more accurate. And they know that it differs from person to person and situation to situation. So that's something they're trying to do to help alleviate the, that cause of stress, yeah. which I think is actually really useful. But we can talk about that that Chevy Bolt EUV experience I had, right? It's got 397 kilometers of range. When I picked it up, it had like, it was at like 413 or something. So it had a little bit more than, you know, than it technically should. Again, because of that driving history, other people that had tested it had done well. I left with 100% range, door to door, the drive from my place 
to downtown London, Ontario is 175 kilometers. And I chose that not just because the beer in London is very good, shout out Beer Lab, but because <laughs> I thought, okay, it's fair to, to expect 350 kilometers if it's got 412 kilometers range. Yeah. That's reasonable because when you look at the consumption, right, it was, I don't know, something like, let's say it was 22 uh, kilowatt hours per hundred kilometers. And it was a cold day. It was like, yeah, hovering around zero, a little bit of rain, but I thought okay, 175 kilometers each way, even on the highway, it should be able to do that. And when I got, so the drive to London, I was losing range at a rate of two to one. So for every kilometer I drove, I was losing two kilometers of range. And that's pretty scary. Terrifying. Yeah. And again, you got to think, right? A lot of people that I see online, you know, complaining and saying that they'll never own EVs. They're generally like, you know, rural dwellers, right? People who live in the country. And I get that. This is making a drive. Okay, London's not in the GTA, but it's like close enough. Mm -hmm. There are people who commute from all around, you know, Hamilton, Kitchener, Guelph, you know, heading east. Oshawa, out to Peterborough, those people are going to have that same problem that I had. Yeah, especially if there's nowhere to charge at your destination. Yeah. That that can be pretty stressful, and yeah. I totally understand that. Um, and so those, those concerns that people have about range are very real. Yeah. And the infrastructure really needs to be better to help alleviate those concerns. Um, I would have thought, honestly that more of these gas station companies would have been like chomping at the bit. This is a business model that, you know, it's a it's an easy transition for them, right? They are going to, regardless of the fact that, yes, you will still be able to drive and buy used gas-powered vehicles, you know, it's obviously these mandates are going to put a dent in their profit margins. So I would think that they would have been investing now, yeah, to, to help future-proof themselves, yeah. right? Yet you look at, you know, I hate to like throw shade, but you look at like Esso and, and Shell stations and all yeah. that. There aren't very many that I've seen with EV infrastructure, whereas, again, Petro-Canada has been sort and of Canadian ahead of the tire. curve. And Canadian Tire. And that, to me, just defies logic that the companies that have the physical real estate to be providing these solutions to have DC fast chargers installed are not getting out ahead of it. Yeah, and it sucks because those gas stations already have the right amenities, right? Like yeah. the worst thing for me is when I'm trying to charge an EV and there's like no lighting, so I'm sitting there in the dark by myself yeah. in a parking lot. Like I just don't feel, it's just not a very comfortable situation to yeah. be in. You know, there's no restaurants I can walk to to get a snack or like whatever, right? Yeah. Like. I think every single mall should have fast chargers, totally. every single grocery store. And honestly, like that is one of those things. And it's not, again, it's not just to throw shade at the gas stations. If you look at like Tesla was smart, right? Tesla said, hey, we're building these EVs. Our goal is to have obviously as many of them on the roads as we can. So Tesla went out in its earliest days and started working with these malls and all of these like public you know, places to say, hey, we want to put in these these fast charging stations. So now you look at these shopping malls and they have these massive banks of Tesla superchargers. Mm -hmm. Sherway Gardens in Toronto is a great example, right? 
there's got to be, I don't know, at least a dozen, a dozen Tesla superchargers. There are two flow stations on the property. One of them is a DC fast charger and one of them is a level two. That's it. Yeah. And I've gone to that mall many times hoping to charge only to f get there and see that someone else is already at the charger, which I means I'm I showed up there on Saturday in that in that Soul EV and there was some jerk in a Lexus RX parked in the spot and I was like that to me, that again this apply whether you are soon to adopt an EV whether you're considering it or whether you hate the idea of EVs don't do it's called icing people out of spots because you're parking your internal combustion engine vehicle don't do that that's to me that's up there with like you parking in one of those spots that that's designated for you know young or pregnant mothers yeah don't do that it's just rude it's terrible because the thing with those ev spots is there aren't if if i don't have another option what am i supposed to do you can park and walk into the mall if i'm there because i need to charge how am i supposed to get to the next closest charger if i only have a few percent battery and i've come there and the app says nope there's no one parked there and i show up and there's some jerk there in his gas powered vehicle yeah. i am going to be very upset and that gets really stressful if you're at like 10% like if you don't have a lot of battery charge left and then you need now you need enough range to go and drive to find another charger and that's really stressful so like please don't if you don't if you're not charging your vehicle please don't park in the EV charger This has turned from demystifying range <laughs> to us just to, being grumpy ranting about <laughs> EVs and all the things that upset us But I mean okay so let's let's just go back to helping demystify okay. it so I've done a lot of like long road trips in EVs. Yeah. I've driven from Toronto to like Kingston, Toronto to Ottawa in an EV. Um, and one of the tips I love to tell people is that if you're doing a longer road trip, A, um, there's a lot of fast charging along like the 401, the 400, all of those major highways, they have fast charging. The second tip I like to tell people is if you're looking for a hotel, any of those booking sites that you can use to book hotels will allow you to filter ones um, that have EV charging. And it's usually yeah. free. So you plug in your car at night, you wake up, you're I'm at a I'm starting charge. to see it, though, where it's like there's like a $10 premium per night for, yeah. When that we, sucks. When we just, Jody and I were supposed to go to Montreal for the auto show and the hotel that we had booked it had it there was a note that it was like you know valet parking $35 a day and then it had a little asterisk and it was like $10 um additional charge per night for electric vehicles so, so that's annoying usually when i've done it it's been free like they'll just throw it in for free but you know it's still an option for you it's still convenient if you can plug it in overnight absolutely because then you don't have to go out of your way again exactly it's, it's one of those things where if you can just do that one stop hey i'm at my hotel and i can charge yeah. even if it's 10 bucks extra a night you're waking up with all kinds of peace of mind that when you need to leave the next day you don't need to carve out that additional time to to charge the vehicle yeah and that's always good um so i think i feel like we could talk about ev range forever because there's totally. so many questions i haven't even looked at these notes because i know we've just been... so what i'm going to do is i'm going to open up the floor to all of our listeners and viewers out there if you have questions about ev range or, or evs in general just email us at expert at trader.ca um, and we can compile all of your questions and and kind of do it that way can i also just say this is less of a demystification and more of a challenge. EV owners out there, 
I know a lot of you are great ambassadors for electrification, but there are just as many who aren't. Um, if somebody comes to you to ask you about a Chevy Bolt or a Kia Soul and you drive a Tesla Model 3, like, just get off the high horse. You should be talking about the merits of electrification and not dunking on the car they're considering. Yeah. That, to me, is a huge problem. There's there's this kind of, like, you know... Well, because not everyone can afford a Tesla Model 3. Exactly. Or, or not everyone want wants one. one <laughs> and, so. and that, to me, is one of those things, like, you really do need to look at it as, like, yeah, okay, you want to think of yourself as, you know, doing the right thing doing the right thing for the environment, then it's not about brand loyalty. It's about loyalty to the, you cause. Know, to, to the cause. So you should be doing that. And I remember that was a huge thing on Twitter, right? Where, you know, Elon Musk said, oh, Tesla and Tesla's owners, we are going to, you know, ensure that we're ambassadors for electrification. Yeah. And then you'd see all these Tesla owners that would just dunk on people who drive or were considering non-Tesla branded vehicles. Yeah. And it's like, come on, man. Like, that's, that's not really not, helping anybody. No, that's not like, sh you might feel better about yourself, but you, you kind of look mean and you're, you're yeah. discouraging well, people. Something I've seen on Twitter is some people have very innocent questions like, oh, hey, how do you guys deal with range anxiety? And a Tesla owner will just be like, you don't get it if you have a Tesla. I'm like, that's not a helpful It's also a lie. <laughs> like, I sure, okay, I know a lot of Tesla owners will say, oh, I could drive from Toronto to Montreal, right? But it's like, okay, A, that that's true and that's fair and it's great, but also... Okay, well, now let's drive to Moncton, right? So it's yeah. like you can always move the goalposts and say, look, you will get range anxiety. So it's like, let's be helpful. Just because yours, that's like me saying, well, I can, you know, you go, oh, I can't reach that thing on that shelf. And it's like, well, I can, but there's <laughs> going to be a shelf I can't reach, right? Yeah. So rather than make fun of you for not being able to reach that shelf, why don't we think of a solution together, let's right? Let's get a ladder and do it together. So it just, we need to like have a little bit more, you know, unity in mm -hmm. that, in that front, because if people are going to adopt EVs, they need some guidance and they need some help. Be helpful. Don't be a jerk. It really is a group effort between existing EV owners, the government, you know, people, gas station companies. We really all have to work together to make this thing a reality. Um, and that's something that I think needs to get better. But anyway, we have a very fun story today for, in our Ask an Expert. Ooh. It's not a question. It's a fun story. I like that. It's from Matthew Lentini of Toronto. Okay. Um, it's actually a story about a van. Maybe you should read it because you're such a oh, big van fan. van time. Yeah. Look at my shirt. It says vans. <laughs> okay, it's the shoe company, but still, that's kind of funny. Dan loves vans. Oh, He's love a big a advocate van. for vans. I, speaking of vans and electrification, if the Volkswagen ID Buzz is as good as I think it's going to be. You're going to buy it? I will buy one. Yeah. I currently drive a diesel-powered golf wagon. I love it to pieces. I don't want to get rid of it, but... If I'm thinking electrification, that thing, if you guys haven't seen it, go to autotrader.ca slash editorial, pop it into the search bar there and take a look. We've got photos and some stories about it. It's so cool. It's like retro, futuristic, so neat. I love it. Yeah, love, love and a it's going to have lots of range. It looks cute. Like even all my friends who don't care about cars are flipping out about this, v this van because it looks so cool. Okay. Speaking of vans, here we go. This is from Matthew, my boy Matt. 
In 2008, my brother and I bought a 1964 Dodge van. So cool. And it kind of looks like the ID Buzz. It's like a flat front. Yeah, very it's like cool. a bread loaf van. Oh, love it. It's th That was like very similar. If you guys know the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo, <laughs> yes. that's, yeah. Uh, it only cost us a few hundred bucks because it wasn't running. But after swapping a very few inexpensive and simple parts, we got it going in no time. We did some light body work, hastily disguised our shoddy labor under a rattle can paint job, and then tossed a bunch of vintage car parts into the back along with a few boxes of car and motorcycle culture t-shirts that I had designed and then hauled it all the way to the Rumblers show under the BQE in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. If you guys don't know, it's a very cool, like, you know, market. Um, I really like where this story is going. <laughs> See, we I had, knew you'd like this one. <laughs> we had absolutely no plans to sell the van. But some guys offered us a few grand in cash, so we sold it on the spot. We didn't really have a way home, but who cares? He was a young dad, and I was a starving artist. We needed the money. They drove it home, leaving us stranded, each with a fistful of dollars in one hand, a skateboard in the other, and a big grin. I can't say that word, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> we packed the remaining unsold car parts into some plastic crates we found outside of a grocery store, threw it all on top of our skateboards, and pushed everything to the subway, which took us to the train station so that my brother could take everything back to his bungalow on the south shore of Long Island. After shoving everything into the train, we parted ways, and I skated home to my apartment in Queens. So cool. What a fun story. I love that. Vans, see, that's the thing, right? There's always something good. When, it, when vans are involved. I mean, that's such, a, that's such a fun story, you know? You sell your van not planning to and you got a skateboard home. I yeah. feel like that story is something that, like, you could have... That could have happened oh, to you. I love it. Yeah. Matt, thanks for sharing that story, man. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Listening. Thanks to everyone else for listening. Like Jody said, if you got a question, if you got a rant, if you don't like what I said about your role as an ambassador, email us at expert at trader.ca. Tune in next week when we talk about... What are we talking about? Next week, we're talking about, oh, what's the deal with all these new EV companies? Wow. So we're going to... More gonna, EV talk. More EV talk because it's a hot button issue right now. It really is. All right. Until then, we'll see you guys.